Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Seoul down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like it in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb, blind kid sure plays a mean dead ball. Talking to the people involved with collecting, playing, repairing, restoring and operating pinball and arcade culture around New Zealand and beyond. You are listening to Simon's Pinball Podcast. Right, it's uh, Monday after work and uh, uh, Craig Wallace has kindly agreed to talk to me. I've uh, uh, wanted to meet him at Midnight Espresso and have a little chat but it was way, way too noisy in there and one thing I know about Midnight, if you ask them to turn the music down they, they say something like, I'll see what I can do and then do nothing which I completely understand because that's the kind of demographic they're going for or the, uh, the vibe that they're going for which is cool. Um, but we've we've made our way down the road, um, and we're at a little private club called the Church Club on Garrett Street. And uh, Craig conveniently had a key in his pocket, and we're in here on our own, which is lovely, and having a, a, a nice quiet drink. And um, Garrett Street, I remember, had a nightclub called Claire's in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And I was a little bit young, but I used to come to that club, and it was a great club. But this is another club on Garrett. you sure it was Clears and not Checkmate? <laughs> Tell me about Checkmate. Well, Checkmate was next door to us. It, it subsequently moved to 15 Tory Street, in case listeners are particularly interested in right. that. But it was men of a certain persuasion would come along, and they moved about 10 years ago. However, there are still people buzzing on our buzzer asking about Checkmate. Do you have a little <laughs> closed-circuit TV camera yes. that you can... See if it's Liv Tyler or not, and see if you're going to let her in. (laughs) Very important at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, So, Craig, thanks for talking. And uh, I was just uh, reminiscing with Craig on the way down, just walking the block down the road, um, that I that I met him uh, from the early days of um, doing pinball at Midnight Espresso, and um, I used to run the game there from '93 to 2008. And I got to know Craig quite well. He was a mysterious figure um, who used to... I never really met for many years because I used, you just used to leave your signature on the machine at every high school spot. Um, well, specifically on the game at midnight. And it was always zot, 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 zot on all the high school um, values. It, it was an honour. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people would say to me, who is this Zot guy? And I said, I don't know. He's like the phantom. He comes and he leaves his notch on the machine and then he disappears and I never see him. And then one day I saw you hunched over the game and I thought, could that be? Could that be? And then I watched and watched and then sure enough, it turned out to be you. <laughs> so I finally got to meet the person behind the um, initials. And um, yeah, and... Uh, so we've been uh, friendly ever since. Um, so tell me, uh, Craig, um, 
or Zot. Uh, how, what's your history with pinball and how long have you been involved with pinball? I first played pinball when I was 15 years old. I was in Porirua going to Viard College. Right. And my best friend and a, a friend of his, a South African called Mark Wildblood, invited right. me down to play pinball. I'd, I'd heard of it, right. never done it. And I believe it is a whirlwind machine. Right. And I played that and I thought that was pretty cool. That was on site in Porirua. That was on site in Porirua. Oh, okay. And I would have been 14 at the time, so that would make it... Oh, last came year. out in 89. So <laughs> you're, you're younger than me, my friend. <laughs> and, so, and so you instantly were appealed to pinball from that game of whirlwind, or you had to kind of... You got, got, cause, you I, know, I, I saw it, I loved it, but I didn't have the opportunity. Like many of your passions actually have to fit into your life. Right. You, you can have a passion, but if it doesn't fit in, it's more like a frustration than a passion. Right. Um, I played that, I would have been 15, when I was at Victoria University. Um, they had a, a machine there, and I, I spent a lot of time watching other people play it. Yeah. I uh, think, uh, do you know who operated? There was a few machines up at the uni in the late 80s, early 90s. I, I think it was Tom. I think Tom it was a Helpman's. Gallagher machine. Oh, it was a video game. Uh, no, it was actually the, the the pinball machine. Pinball. I don't think there was a Gallagher pinball, unless I'm mistaken. Space Invaders. That's a Bally one. That's early Bally. Um, it had banana flippers on it, and it oh, had this time this, warp. Ah, <laughs> uh, could have been. Time warp had banana flippers, but that's a '70s machine. That's '79. Mm. Could have been an old game though. But what I was going to say is that Tom Helpman had a sidekick or a technician. And I think he supplied the games up at the university in the late 80s, early 90s. And he probably was running fairly old ones, as well as maybe some of the more current titles. So you were playing up at university? I was. Yeah. I can remember having a particularly good game. And I was playing and someone came along and said, aren't you supposed to be in an exam? And I said, no, no, that's this afternoon. And he said, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So you flunked out of university, or no, you oh, dismissed no, a few I, exams. I, I, it was a stats exam. I turned up without a calculator, an hour late, and right. I left half an hour early and passed. Quite and well. you passed. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish you univer- I didn't go to university. I went to tech, but yeah. Although it sounds like uh, you're a model student, um, Craig. <laughs> um, so you were playing up at university, and then, but midnight would have been open at that time because they opened in '89. And Midnight seems to be the place that you like to play, generally. I'd say that the first time pinball really got in my blood was when I was in London, and that would have been 1989-90. Right. And I turned up, and, and there was King's Cross, and there was a pinball arcade there. Many, many machines, and, right. and they had this one which was just incredible. You, you could play it. And it was actually asking you to make shots. Right. It was saying, if you did this a certain number of times, then you can do something else. Right, right. It was Adam's family. It oh, was, yeah, yeah. It was the first one that I ever, ever found that actually had a mode function on it, right. where you could actually load up something, hit something that then asked you to do certain things, right. perhaps in a sequence. Right. Right. And I think that was when my, my interest was truly sparked, because up until then, I'd been just... A, well, stay on the machine as long as you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, not necessarily aiming to stay alive, just just hitting the ball. Well, Adams was a breakthrough game for many reasons, not least the 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 mode-based gameplay and the sort of the 
you know, the depth, the, the, the depth it had compared to what had come before it. Um, and it told a story. Hey? Um, and it really came at a time when pinball was rocketing up in popularity, and which is why it's probably the, the most, one of the most collectible games now, because people fondly remember it. Um, and you played the next titles that came out, like Getaway, Fishtails... I, I remember Terminator 2 as well T2, at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was, I was in London for a year and a half. Oh, yeah. There, there was pinball in pubs there. It yeah. was, was something that you had almost taking over from the darts board. Yeah. So darts board, did you say? Yes. I'm sure there's a darts board in here. <laughs> oh, there it is. It's behind the cupboard doors. Um, but you've got, a, you've got a pinball up here. Actually, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but while we're talking about the venue, the club that we're in, you've got an X-Files in here. At the moment, I, I do. I, I, at one time, uh, about a dozen years ago, I, I got a Star Trek uh, New Generation pinball yeah. machine yeah. sent over from from the states. That was an eBay purchase, you told me. Yeah, um, yeah it was eBay. eBay purchase. Yeah, um, it was an interesting one. Um, the machine came without any locks on it, and I think it might have been stolen to oh, order. Okay. Right. <laughs> it never quite played right. Right, but. What happened was um, when uh, my girlfriend moved into the apartment, the pinball machine moved out of the apartment and into the stairwell. Yeah. And it sat there for, for many years. And so it was working when you got it. Oh, yeah. Working when you got it. But there's some weirdness with the, with the voltage, of course. You just got the transformer rewired with 240 volts, or did you get a, a little, an external transformer? And I, I, I got Micken. Oh, you got Micken, yeah. Well, he, he, knows his, <laughs> he knows his stuff. I want to talk to Mick at some stage. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, everyone knew Mick back in the early 90s. Was, um, yeah. So that, that must have been a difficult process because not many people were getting them from overseas in those days, um, you know, apart from the big distributors. I, I, at that time, I, I got a, a Wurlitzer jukebox and a pinball machine. In. Right. Um, to get them in, you, you had to go through a certain amount of paperwork, but it, yeah. it, it actually really only cost me two bottles of whiskey to get them in. Right. And it was a bottle of whiskey each time to, to an agent who just... Plus, plus on the, oh, there's a bit of interest. Plus the freight costs. Oh, freight and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the customs agent just charged you a bottle of whiskey for his, for his um, expertise. Yes. Well, that's good, that's good. Because I, I actually got a jukebox in about the same time, I think. 96 it was, when I got mine. And yeah, it did cost a lot of money. But hey, it was a cheap jukebox from California. Um, but anyway, it's not about me. Um, so you, you, uh, so the Star Trek sat under your stairs and until such, and I know you pestered me for a while about fixing it, and I said, oh, it's one of those diabolical games to fix, because there's so much hardware yeah, in it. Yeah, and <laughs> I, 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 I traded that one, which wasn't working particularly well, for, mm. for the X-Files. Mm. Now, I got the pinball machine from out from underneath the stairwell. Yeah. And about me and six of my friends actually moved it from my place to yeah. here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and well, it, it oh, so you had the Star Trek up these stairs, up in here. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that must have been um, entertaining. It was. I'm getting used to stairs though. It's, it's a, it's, there's a process to it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, and so um, you, you sat, sat here for a while and you wanted to get it working, I presume? Yep. And yep. So the reason why I'd actually brought it to the club was there were offers from people in the club who worked it with electronics and the other th and the such forth that they could actually have a good go at getting it into working order. And did they try? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, the lighting is bad in here. You know, it would never have worked. It would never have been a good workspace. So, um, so it's traded for for an X Files. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chris yeah. And, and I know Chris who 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 did the deal with you, and he did a beautiful job on the X Files, and he gave you a working game for a broken one, and everybody's happy. So that's really cool. I'm glad that you had a solution there. Um, but do you miss the Star Trek occasionally, or the the one I the one I truly miss is Doctor Who. You had a Doctor Who as well. I had a Doctor yeah. Who earlier, um, and that was marvellous. So that was when I was in an apartment in, in Mount Victoria. Right. So I'd actually be standing by the window, getting all the evening sun, playing pinball. Right. It was glorious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, uh, yeah, I liked the Doctor Who very yeah. much. The the. It's, it's something about a side flipper hitting off to the left and up a ramp that, yeah. that really appeals. Yeah. yeah. Well, Adams and Whirlwind all do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Funhouse. You must have liked Funhouse as well. That was oh. kind of a similar vintage game. There, there are a few games that I haven't liked. Um, Black Knight would be one of them. You haven't liked Black Knight? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't be excited about the Black Knight 3 coming out next month. Well, it's, well, it's popping up in places now, of course. Well... Excited would not be the word. I no, it's not. <laughs> what, 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 what is it about Black Knight? It's got a third flipper. It's up on, the, on another level. But there's a third flipper on Black Knight. What don't you like about it? I, I think it was the darkness of the, of the background and how slow it played. How could, slow it played? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could never really get into a rhythm on that at all. Right. It, was, it was kind of trap right. play. A bit right. trap. Well, people do say that the Black Knight 2000s, 2000s just a right flipper game, yep. you know, up to the top, shoot the drawbridge, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, and it is quite simple and repetitive, but hey, I love the franchise. Um, well, <laughs> repetitive is what we like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, you, um, are you think you're going to buy any more machines, or are you just not sure, or...? Because I see you as more of a player than a collector of pinball. Like it has been of more interest to me to, to actually turn up at the Midnight Expresso and, and actually play the machine there. Yeah. Uh, in terms of relative cost, in terms of buying and maintaining machine versus turning up, putting in $3, yeah. going for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm going to get to that. <laughs> well, yeah. there, there's no competition. I, I, I just can't afford to, to actually buy yeah. and maintain yeah. machine. Yeah. yeah. No, that's understandable. Um, well, I was talking to Ken yesterday actually. Ken now runs the game at midnight since 2008-2009. So um, talking to him and we both have this this uh, common knowledge of you in particular and we say how can we zot proof our games because it doesn't matter what we do. He comes in here and he dominates the machine all the high scores. And so um, I watched you play once and correct me if I'm wrong but your, your MO used to be put in a credit, start one player, get a replay on the first ball, yep. and then add the second player yep. on that same... Yep. And see if you can actually get up to four players. Get up to try and get to four players by adding a player per replay you get on each yep. player. Yes. And then the boost doesn't kick in, because after every successful replay one, there's a boost of like 50 million or 100 million. And I used to maximise that boost just for you. <laughs> so I would make it harder for Zot to get his second replay. But you used to counteract that by, by 
doing multiple replays on the same coin for three to four players. <laughs> I, I do have a hint for players out there. If you're there and you've managed to, to get replay after replay and, and the, the replay score keeps coming up and up and up yeah. and you get a free game and you leave that one free game credit on the machine, yeah. when you push that one game again to start again, the, the, the replay score goes back to its original bottom score. So uh, that's okay. Do, do, do you see what I'm? You saying? leave one credit there. So if, for example, I've, I've, I'm playing, and through replays of getting higher scores, mm. I, I get three replays that way, and I get one from a lucky number. Mm -hmm. I will always leave that one credit behind. I will play all the others together. Right. And then, if through playing them, I still get a, 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 another one through getting the high score, a right. high enough score. Right. Then I will play that one again and leave that one credit. And then when I play that one credit, the, the, the high score or the replay score drops down to its original Does it level. do that on modern Stearns? All, all machines. All Williams Valley games as well? Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know it's a weird anomaly that I was not aware of. So that is one of the reasons why yeah. I can actually stay on the machine so much longer yeah. because you, you bump them up twice or three times. You're hitting impossible scores to yeah. replay. But if yeah. you've, you've got that one that's left on the machine that, that's your your free credit well, right. from matching, then yes, it goes down again. Oh, okay. That's, yes. that's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. And, um, so, but I'm not, I'm not a big rules guy. Now, you are a, good, a big rules guy because you've, I've, we've played together and you've said, oh, you do that, 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 and follow it with this and make that loop and make that orbit, and then it unlocks this. And I'm going, oh, I had no idea. But you, you do seem to know games really well. It's more by playing than by researching. You don't watch tutorials or read rule no. sheets. You just, just, just learn as you go. Yes. Um, well, one of the things I was particularly looking forward to when I got the Star Trek New Generation game yeah. was actually working out how to, to, to pilot the spaceship through all the tunnels. Right. So, of course, my flatmate actually goes, goes into the interweaving pulls out the actual answer right, right. Yeah, the <laughs> and then does it in front of me all left, the time. Right, right, right. <laughs> I just find with that you just alternate left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right and it seems to work out but there might be more to it than that. I, I, I was expecting many, many, many months of fun trying to actually find out what would have been the cause but I'm not sure how many people actually do it that way rather than yeah. find out. Did you play my Star Trek when it was at midnight they, even though you had your own one? When, when was that there? Oh gosh, it was there, but I can't remember when. It would have been in the mid '90s. Maybe you weren't around at that time. No, I, I suspect I was actually overseas. When, oh, when yeah. that one was there. I put on the little apron card. I put all the flipper combos on there just for people that would bother to look. <laughs> and it has the flipper combo sequence for getting for unlocking the breakout little game, which actually I didn't discover until well into the 2000s. So. Um, it wouldn't have been in those days, but I put the flipper combo. You know, there's an attract feature where you can yes. get the it, list of Steve Ritchie's previous yes, games. Yes, I, that I, one. I found that through um, through Star Trek New Generation yeah, as well. Yeah, that's yeah. Quite, but, quite fun. And of course, there's the secret poker with Riker um, mode with the, with the video mode. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a gimmick. <laughs> it's a gimmick. Um, but instead of doing the little fly through the tunnels and get your 139 million, you could play poker with Riker for 20 million. <laughs> Um, so, so the funny thing is that I was just down at midnight looking at your bank of high scores. So I was talking to Ken yesterday and he goes, man, that's odd. I cleared all the high scores a few days ago 
just wiped all your scores and then he comes back in the next day and you've got nine nine billion on Star Wars again and plus eight, seven, six, five all the way through the, the high score table and uh, and um, he's like, you know, pulling his hair out. <laughs> I said, hey, it's, it's no, he's not pulling his hair out but he's just saying, you know. Well, the most fun you can actually have, well, well I've got the initial Zot, yeah. um, which I got from, it was comic strip BC right. and that was the sound of lightning hitting the ground right. and also the sound of the anteater actually sticking its tongue out and, and actually grabbing an ant so Zot to me was, was the name. Now on the... You've had that ever since the early days like you have? Since, since university. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Initially at university I used um, WAL yeah. but yeah. <laughs> I, I like Zot. Well, I like so, you. You've put it in so often that you're actually doing anagrams of Zot now, because at the moment it's Toz, and then you have Zo or So, and you, you anagram your Zot, which is quite funny to me. Yes. <laughs> I guess it, you, you put it in so frequently that you make it more interesting for yourself. <laughs> on the X Files machine, it, it's it's got the bank of six scores, and they're going. To, it goes, Grand Champion Zot, number one Toz. Number two, Zot. Number three, Toz. <laughs> it took a while to actually be able to alternate them around. So you got the sequence. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I've had people come up to me and say, who is the Zot guy? Who is the Zot guy? Because they've seen your name all over town. But mostly at midnight. But you do go to Enigma and um, a little bit, don't you? And play there as well? Well, I, I, I would go to Enigma when uh, Leighton was the... Was oh, there. Yeah, yeah, so that, that yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. It was mainly to annoy him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he was at Espressoholic when it was Espressoholic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the pre enigma days. <clears throat> but, well, for a long time I, I lived in Oak Park Avenue. Right. Okay. If, if you now go on the new motorway, yeah. as you're going down that slope, yeah. and you look up towards those kind of round tubes up there, that was about where. <laughs> the warehouse was that I used to live in. Right, right, right. So that was where Sticky Fingers was, and they had a Kiss pinball machine in their little studio there, if you remember rightly. That was that's going back to the early nineties as well. Oak Park Ave. Yes. You know the bill the bill sticker place. Yes. Sticky I, Fingers. I, yes. Yeah. The Kiss the Kiss machine that was owned by uh, Gerard. Is it Gerard O'Dwyer, the guy from Flesh Device, who um, unfortunately OD'd, and then the Kiss machine went up to Gisborne I heard um, yes I, I, I think I was in Oak Park Ave shortly after that happened yeah and so you used to you so used to get around that kind of area around yeah, Willis Street Bodega Bodega yeah Bodega but Bodega never had a pinball did they no you no, should have asked for one I would have put one in <laughs> well back in the days in the Bodega you could hardly fit in yourself no that was that was a legendary venue and um such good con- I went to the last concert they had there did you go to the last concert at the old Bodega no, again, I think I was overseas yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good times, good times. Um, so, uh, what else am I going to ask you? I've got a few things um, written down. Oh, yes, yes. Now you've you've read it upside down, haven't you? So, I, you told me once that you do tai chi, and I, that, that's, I do. You still do that? I do a lot of the, the, the internal martial arts. Right. So it's Tai Chi, Bagua, um, right. Yi, Luhi Bafa. Right. So for, for a number of those, those, one of the basic standing exercises that you have to do is stand like a post. Right. 
and you're supposed to do this for hours. Right. And I could never be bothered. Wow. So my posture was always hold the pinball machine. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to lead to. Yeah. Is that I wondered if your meditation practice or your Tai Chi practice and pinball is kind of related because you do get you very zen-like when you play, and you are so accurate and so fluid that there's a lot of internal stuff happening there. Oh, the, one of the main reasons why I love playing at the Midnight Expressaholic is because you've got lots and lots of wonderful patrons yeah. walking behind you all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very interactive. Yeah, <laughs> you don't kick out or anything when you do a slap save. Or I'll only do that if there's no one else about. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be aware of your surroundings. Um, Yes, and I don't grumble too much. The the pinball definitely has gone up in volume because I just went in there before and I was just scrolling through the the menus to see your high scores and of course it was giving me uh, sound audio and the girl next to me was looking at me like giving me the hairy eyeball going, what are you doing making that noise behind me? I'm thinking you must get you must get a bit of grief when when the, you're blowing the machine up, and there's a people sitting at the table next to you oh, they, trying to have a conversation. They, they do move on occasions. Yes. <laughs> this guy's been here for an hour and a half. Is he not going to leave soon? You said that can be a bit of a challenge sometimes. Yeah. And do you buy a coffee at least when you're there? I haven't lately, no. <laughs> there, there was a time when, when I just had a, a standing order for, for a caramel thick shape. Mm. And I'd just leave a $5 note on the machine. So I'd just play and the milkshake would appear and the $5 would disappear and that was fine. But that stopped happening for some reason. Oh, it's different staff. They have quite a lot of staff coming, you know, turning over. I remember when I did the pinball at 90s, there was that guy Nick. Yep. You know, the guy Nick sort of had the funky haircut and he used to love to play when he closed the cafe at 3am and he'd have this kind of half hour out of himself between 3 and 4am and on the odd occasion I was ambling home from being out clubbing I would poke my head in to see Nick and he's got the lights down and the music up and the pinballs going and I'd say oh can I come in and I'll play with you and, and we'll have a few games and it was quite good fun um, but I lost but the, the staff the staff at midnight they definitely go through cycles and um, you get someone who's been there for over a year or two years, and that's a really long time. Um, so that's probably explains why you're not getting your caramel milkshake. <laughs> well, I'm not complaining. They've gone up to about eight dollars now. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I, I, I know that you're on the the email list for the IFPA competitions that we have, the little mini meets around Wellington, and we some of us travel to Christchurch and Auckland and even Australia and beyond. Um, you, you came to one out of Ollie's place in Lower Hutt once, did. Did. and that was the time we had the Iron Man play off with Auckland. We, we kind of tried to do some simultaneous Iron Man comp. I think you won that. I, I, I had a good ball on it, I, you, I you, do recall. You won the Iron Man playoff between Wellington and Auckland, but you didn't do quite so well in the overall comp, I seem to remember. But are you not wanting, you want to come back into a few more of those local meets? No, no pressure, of course. A lot of it comes down to the timing. Yeah. Quite often these things are actually happening when I'm teaching Tai Chi. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do try and make it out. Um, yeah. I, I think I did make one in Upper Hutt last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
but it, it, it's not as frequent as it should yeah. be. Yeah, well, you're very, you're very welcome. You know that, and I, you, you get the. Emails. I am made. I'm made to feel very welcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is lovely turning up, and it is a great camaraderie. Yes, I, I do enjoy the events. They're yeah. well run. Yeah, they're good people there, and. You, you sort of scratch your head and think, why don't I actually go out to them more often? Yeah. Um, for, for me, it's largely pinball has been just moved going to the Midnight Expresso yeah. and, and playing there. Yeah. Generally, if I'm playing pinball with other people, my, my preference is actually to take a flipper each. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it, it's been many years since I've done that. But that, that yeah. would be yeah. my favourite way of, yeah. of actually playing pinball with other people was okay. to take a flipper each. I always used to like Demolition Man. You could play with three pe- three players because someone on the gun trigger with the upper left flipper, <laughs> and then two people on the cabinet flippers for the lower flippers. Yes. And Demolition Man is hilarious with three people playing a flipper each. It should be done. It yeah. Should be done. <laughs> this could be the competition. Yeah. No, that's we should we should do an event around that. That's a great idea. Um, anything else you want to add? Because um, it's been re- a real delight to talk to you, um, Craig. And we're we're nearing thirty minutes, which is um, kind of what I aim for for my uh, my podcasts. Um, do you have any um, ambitions with pinball in the future? Well, there are some features of pin- different pinball machines that I particularly like. Naturally, I'd like to hog them all together in a, in a particular design. Right. So, I, I'd imagine within five years, I will have actually designed a pinball machine that actually takes those features on board. Wow. And is based on Tai Chi. Right. <laughs> I, I encourage you because look what's happened with Keith Elwin. He is a top-ranked player, top five in the world, I think. And Stern have finally said to him, you know, design us a machine and he's come out with Iron Maiden. Have you played Iron Maiden um, in terms of you know layout and I had mine at Moon. Was there one in Upper Hump? It, um, there's one at Boneface now okay. but that's the one that was at Moon but there's also one at the Langs down on Wakefield Street okay. which has just recently gone in in the last few weeks but I think you might really like it because it's a player's it's a design that's been kind of thought up from a player Sure. And it's quite different because if you look at the, all the designers from Stern, they've all been doing it for donkey's years, you know. Some of them ex-Williams Valley designers. Um, and I think it's fresh to get someone a player. So with you talking about your ideas as a player and, and, and uh, translating that into a playfield oh, design yeah. would be awesome. I, I'd, I'd love to see what you come up with. but. Oh, who's going to build it? Spinners are going to be important. Spinners? <laughs> yeah, much, much yeah. neglected, yeah. I believe, yeah. these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, you, but you like the mode-based games? Because the Star Wars that you're playing at, at midnight at the moment is very mode-based. You know, there's, what, 12 modes? So, four main modes, and then within each one of those modes, you, you've got a number of choices three choices yeah 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 uh, yeah I like my page yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you find the multiplier on that because that a lot of people criticize it as being very unbalanced when you can get 40 times a jackpot in one shot or 40 times a video mode or something I, I know I get that up to 40 times I've never worked out how the hell I've done it <laughs> oh there's the three bank bing 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 hit the three bank and it keeps going up 
and every time the multipliers start flashing, you yeah. have the three bank just to lock it in at 40s or whatever it happens to be, because it'll drop straight back down to two. Oh, yes, it does do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought you must know that. You're the rules guy. <laughs> yeah, but, yes. it's, but I'm not even good at reading manuals on the mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do like Star Wars. Um, a lot of people um, dismiss it as being a bit, um, bit unbalanced, like I said. What, right um, flipper or left flipper? Oh, just the scoring. Yeah, the scoring's so unbalanced when you can get like, that 40 times multiplier. And then you can double it, so that's 80 times. Well, I, yeah, you know. so I, I have gone through the astral so belt and when got about says, 800 million. <laughs> yeah. got, how the hell did that happen? It's crazy, <laughs> eh? Well, that's, maybe it's not so popular in, in tournaments for that reason. Um, but uh, I, I've had mine at home for a while, but I've taken it out to Boneface recently. Um, but it, it is a real... I mean, of course, the kids love it because it's Star Wars. Um, yeah, but there's, there's four Star Wars titles that have been made, yes. like there are four Star Treks. Um, but anyway, um, that's cool. And I, I really applaud you and, and hope you get a design um, and uh, maybe try and sell it to one of the manufacturers. <laughs> You might get a residency in Chicago. I'd have to sell it to someone who could buy and build it first, I think. Well, that's yes. what I mean, yeah. yeah. Sell the, um, if you come up with something. But, uh, hey, it's been really cool to talk. And uh, any closing words? Thank you for asking me to do this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you said yes, um, because I know you are quite a private individual. <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that I could um, have that this time with you. So thanks, Craig. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye.